Ai, 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 ai. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> we just did the director's and producer's commentary. The filmmaker the, commentary. The filmmaker commentary for American Juggalo. Yeah. That was fun to revisit. I, I can't remember the last time we watched that. The, that guy going, whoop, whoop. Oh I, I love when the dude is like, I'm a virgin, dude. <laughs> I like to stab people. Yeah, he's he's the fucking best. <laughs> well, join us for that, should uh, you care yeah. about seeing some yeah. behind-the-scenes insights. Yeah, we we did our best trying to remember something we made 12 years ago. I was saying during it, I'm like, I don't even feel like we're the ones that made this. Like, it's crazy. It made us. It did. It did. That's how the best stuff is. Yep. Yeah, it, it it feels like the movie version of like, you know, when you hear Neil Young say uh, he, he read the newspaper and he found out what happened at Kent State and he went and wrote the song Ohio in about four minutes. That's the the movie version of that. You can't just shit out a movie in four minutes, but like <laughs> it was just literally it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm the one that caught this. I'm the one that caught this and reeled it in. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of ideas are just like kind of floating around and then like if you catch one and then you devote yourself to it but if you catch one and you sit on it it's gonna fly to someone else and then you're gonna be like how many people have written you being like man that was my idea and i'm Uh, like yeah okay but you didn't do anything with it not that we stole the idea but you know it's in the ether and they think they had the idea first but it's like doesn't if you don't serve your idea, your idea is not going to serve you back. So. Well, because they're like ideas feel like like living organisms that are just trying to find the right vessel to yeah. come into form. And we just happen to be the perfect vessel at that time for that project. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. And it's like it's a it's a backhanded compliment. You know, one of those like when when people say stuff like that, like, oh, you know. I saw American Juggalo and then I was like, fucking, I can do this. Like, and then I went and tried to make my thing. And it's just like, I, I appreciate the compliment, but you're also saying like, you know, I'm a simpleton and anyone can do <laughs> well, this. Well, you make it seem very accessible. But that's I think, the idea. I think that's, that's the idea. That's part of the idea. I don't want there to be a lot of separation between the us and the audience. Like we are the audience. Yeah. And I think, but that also shows your ability to ex- show restraint. Like I think a lot of people when they have fancy options use all the options and you were like i know that there are fancy options and tricks and stuff that can be done all around but like i don't want to i want to essentialize you know yeah i've gotten even better at that since then like when i watch that i'm like man we used a lot of slow motion back then (laughs) you know it was perfect though it was it was was perfect i don't don't regret it at all but it's like one of those things you're it's like i'm a new filmmaker and you know i i didn't have all the tools that I have now, um, if that makes sense. Well, it's also like how, you know, some of the best songs are written before people are really good at the guitar because it's almost like, yeah, yeah. It's like almost the more, it's almost like the best paintings can be done with less paint, less paint option colors because you're just like, you have this box mm-hmm. and you have to work within the box. And yeah. like when you, have these chords that you're like, oh, I know three chords. You can write probably a better song than if you know all the chords because you think of some of the best songs like Tom Petty or whatever. He uses the same three chords. Yeah, A-E-D. A-E-D. And I think that's just, it's encouraging though because if you're new at something, that doesn't mean you can't write something brilliant or bring something down that is impacts people. And mm, 
Mm. I think it's actually really encouraging yeah. of a reality. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, it, it it should inspire anyone that's ever wanted to make a film. If they know that we made that for like $4,000 and it took five weeks with, I mean, it really didn't even take that long. Shot it for a week and then edited for a week. So if, if I don't know, if people understood that, that it wasn't a massive investment and I had the money at the time um, and I made this thing that, that changed the course of my life, like, it's worth it. It's worth doing stuff like that. It's worth in investing. That That's like, you know, a lot of people like invest in their futures, like they buy stocks or they have their retirement thing or yeah. they're squirreling away this or that, or they're paying off a house. Like our, that's our way of investing in our future is to make film that free art. Yeah. To make free art that hopefully financially benefits us one day, but it's never even a well, like you were saying, it like comes back through like, Oh, people saw that and we're like, Oh, let's, get him on this commercial or whatever, which seems bizarre, but they wanted to work with you. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's always, that's just kind of how the universe works. You kind of have to put energy into the universe for the energy to give you energy back. And sometimes you're yeah. just like, sometimes I'll sit down and write like 20 emails to like trying to reach out and trying to get drum up business. And then you get an email from someone who is completely unrelated to those 20 emails you wrote. And it's like, Oh, thanks universe. You just needed to see me put in the effort. Just moving energy. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's all it is. Like if you feel like you're stagnating in any kind of energy, it's good to start moving it. And then, you know, there's only so many variations of that, that, that we come across for us. It's like, Oh, we haven't been productive. Let's be productive. And we start trying to be productive and you can never plan the outcome. Like you're saying, but it usually does get us into that frame of mind and we're able to accomplish some shit that I can't even believe looking back. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who made these movies? What the hell is this? Well, and it's also just proof that like a lot of people spend a lot of time making one movie and you can move the energy a little bit faster if you have the creative vision and decisive energy <laughs> and yeah, a good but, team. But like we were saying on there too, it also helps to be influenced by the juggalos who are less precious and... Uh, don't take on people's judgment. Mm -hmm. And if you can apply that to your artistic pursuits, you can get a lot more out there. And to me, the only reason it's important to get a lot more out there is because it triggers my evolution and my growth. Because then I, I'm, I'm like, wow, well, there's a demarcation of the motherfucker that I was when we made that. 30. 30 years old. Yeah. That's, you know, if, yeah, if you want to know who I was when I was 30, watch that. It's so crazy that now I'm five years older than you were when you made that. Yeah. We're so old. We are getting old. Getting up there. Yeah. Crazy. I kind of love it. I do too. I, I really, uh, wouldn't want to be any other age other than 42. Like y you couldn't convince me that it'd be, oh, you could be 40 again. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I'm moving ahead. <laughs> I, I'm not dwelling on any of that shit. Yeah. I like getting older. I like watching my body die and decay. I like fighting it a little bit and seeing how cool, it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I was, I mean, we were watching that Mary Tyler Moore documentary and like you watch her career and you definitely see her age dramatically because yeah. she that's covering her career was long yeah from 18 to 80 yeah yeah and just watching it, th th those documentaries are so powerful even if they're even if they seem like they're made by ai sometimes just what being able to see someone's whole life take place in a two-hour thing and like here's all the highlights mm -hmm. man it, it gives me a little bit of uh like an existential hangover you know no, what do you mean? Well, like, I, we watched that last night, and I woke up today being like, damn, she died at 80. I mean, 
she had such a long life, but also she had such a short life. And like, I'm, I'm halfway there to where she was like, you know, over, I'm, I'm more than halfway there. And just like doing the calculations of like, okay, she was born in 1936 and died in 2017. Like if I made it to 80, that would be 2061. You know, if, if I made it to a hundred, that'd be 2081. And just thinking about that and be like, what am I going to do with all that time? Like, well, that time is going right now. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about all that stuff. And it's like, how do I, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's, it's the most valuable thing we have. Totally. Yeah. And, and you don't know how long you have, which is such a trip. Oh yeah. Like it could end tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I think when you're healthy, you assume, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, you know, this body seems like it could take me to 90, 100 years old when you're healthy. You don't know if you can get some diagnosis or get hit by a truck or have a fucking crazy accident or an aneurysm or whatever. So it's like while you have the opportunity, why not make the most of it? Yeah. Which can be debilitating in itself. Like, well, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, what was the mo- what's the most of it? No, yesterday I was like KO'd with um my period or whatever. Yeah, right. we're not that old. You still get your period. Yeah, I'm I'm still menstrual somehow. Yeah. <laughs> still in your childbearing years. I guess so. Who knows if I'm fertile, but um I was just thinking about now I lost my train of thought. But I was just um, You'll find it. I'll find it. Take a second. Take a second. I don't know. But I had a great time. Let's put it that way. You were KO'd yesterday, and I think... Oh, you, I smoked a, weed in the middle of the day. Like, yes, which you rarely so do. So intensely, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good for me. Because yeah. I get really creative. Mm. And I was like, I'm a creative person. I have a creative job. Why do I have this rule that I can't smoke weed in the middle of the day? I don't know. I, and I do, and it's like, I have this rule like, oh, well, you got to like show up and taskmaster shit. And I'm like, okay, yes, but I should have middle of the days where I smoke weed because I just all these ideas came to me that were like for our business. And I was like, yeah. Oh damn, I probably do need to switch it up. And yeah, I mean the the way I was describing it to you. And first of all, I think your policy about that probably comes from living with me, you know, having such a like a, a marijuana addict on your hands, you know, someone who's doing it all the time and you being like, I, I am not that person. Well, I've I also, it. I've also spent years of my life smoking with you throughout the day and been like, whoa, I'm like yeah, wonky as hell. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the hell did the day go? But it was interesting to like, I woke up and I was, you know, you try on a Monday to have a real productive day, whatever yeah. that means. And, but then I was just like, oh, I'm just KO'd like my one day of the month that I'm like MIA. Mm. But I <laughs> then started watching like all this stuff with this guy, Ryan Holiday, who's like, a, he has a daily stoic and is mm-hmm. all about like these philosophers and how to apply yourself and discipline and all this stuff. And so I'm like, so blazed in so much pain, but I'm just like downloading stuff about discipline. So I was like, <laughs> when I'm more online, I'll have it. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it, it is kind of like this wanting to seize life in a certain way. And and it, you kind of can push it away of like, oh, every all podcasters are all about like maximizing efficiency. And, you know, for us, I think we're more about like, how do you have a good time and family well, love I mean, and all that yeah. stuff. But there is like wanting to the hum- self-mastery in this lifetime mm-hmm. and whether that's self-mastery over how to die gracefully 
how to be confronted with change, how to have grace in moments of turmoil, how to stay calm, you know, like how to keep your perfect faith, how to remain present. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be like how to get as much done within an hour. It can be like more existential. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, for, for us, like I'm, I have, uh, I use weed because I'm I'm hyper uh, I'm I'm too, I have too much masculine energy, you know. I have, I have too much yang energy in me, and the weed helps bring the yin energy. Because yeah, you have nothing to do with it. You're like, yeah. You're, where are you going to put all that masculine energy if you don't have like? If if I had a job, I probably wouldn't smoke weed. I would just be really good at that job and put all my effort towards that. But my job is coming up with ideas and having the discipline to follow them through. So weed really helps me. I don't know if I'll always need it. Um, Right now, it's still just a dear friend to me. Mm -hmm. I love it. But you actually need a little bit more of the yin energy in your life. And that's what I was saying to you yesterday. And I could see you kind of get relieved. Like, you were beating yourself up because you're on your period and you're not doing anything on a Monday morning. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck what day it is? What? Who cares? Like, what? what are we going to get done that's worth getting done? with you fucking white knuckling it through this day smoke some weed you know it was fun it was like very relieve calm. yourself of all those masculine urges and let a little bit of that feminine energy in yeah the truth the second is you hit it you were like what the fuck was i doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah the truth is when you can't show up to do the thing you might as well just do it when you have the capacity to do those things you'll do it in half the amount of time not that you should be putting everything off because then you're cursing your future self but mm, yeah i mean just just do it when it's right Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we've just done so much trial and error with all this stuff, you know, and, and we've realized like w there are times of the week that we're just like, we can really, I don't know when they are specifically. We could probably <laughs> dial that in, but there's a feeling where you and I are both tapped in at the same time. And it's a very fertile uh, ground for us to plant new seeds and we do it. But it doesn't, it's not some drawn out long thing. And if it were, I would be more resistant towards having those times with you because it just feels too structured and like, come on, like we, like we chose this life for a reason. And, um, I think part of the, I, I think part of the reason we're able to, um, offer each other that relief and whatever is because we have like, um, we, I think we just check in with our core values all the time. And I think we're very good about that just framing our life around like what is it we're trying to do be more present be happy grow the community grow the family it's like it's very simple so sometimes it's just not the best day to do that <laughs> and it's okay and you got to just give yourself the permission to just play hooky yeah no but it, even playing hooky was fun because I was like oh I'm like having a very productive day because I'm taking all this new information feeling getting very motivated even if I'm yeah did you learn from Ryan Holiday? <laughs> I appreciated the energy. I like, you know, you kind of want to bring in that rigid kind of, or I don't know if it's rigid, but just kind of like all those like reminders. Mm. You know, you don't want to, I don't like living my life in a like self-mastery loop of like, I need to get better at this and the better about this. But there are times to really bring that in and appreciate that energy. Yeah. And yesterday was one of those days. Mm. He learned about stoicism. He wasn't even into all that stuff. He learned from uh, Dr. Drew. And it really? wasn't even that long ago. 
That's crazy. Yeah, Dr. Drew recommended a book. I can't even remember whatever the classic book about all that is. And he read it and just totally changed his trajectory. Mm-hmm. Well, it was nice about his, I haven't read his books, but our friend Wes is reading Ego is the Enemy. And he was just like kind of sharing that. And I was like, and then you can go on his YouTube and he has like the five minute or 20 minute breakdown of his own books. And I'm Smart. like, damn, that's so nice yeah, to is. have the author break down what he shares in the book. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a cheat code, but I like it. <laughs> I think what, uh, I mean, look, I have not looked into this stuff in the least bit, but from what I've gathered over my life, I think that the Stoics are all about um, be good to one another. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, there's a lot of philosophy behind that or whatever, but it just what it comes down to is be kind to one another. And I can get down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely down with that. Down with the clown till I'm dead in the ground. Yeah. Totally. Well, but speaking of self-mastery, you're getting better at it. I'm working on it. You're working on it. I'm working on it. And what I've, I I don't think we've premiered this on the podcast yet, but I think we have to. Because, look, I'll just tell you, about what, five, six weeks ago, you took some mushrooms here with your girlfriends and your dad, and your dad had some tennis balls sitting out and you're like, what are these? And he's like, I'm trying to learn how to juggle. And you were like... I'll try. And during the mushroom trip, like you and a couple of your girls were like trying to learn how to juggle. And then you were like, we're going to Colorado to hang out with our friend Margot, who, you know, she's in that whole scene. She's an expert juggler. And so are all of her friends. And she's like, maybe I can learn to juggle before. Uh, I wanted to impress her. Yeah. Maybe I can impress Margot before we go to Colorado. Like, and it's like, hey, yeah, try. And you, you started, you were like, I just got to, I just got to practice for 10 minutes a day. And yeah. at first I was like, this ain't happening. <laughs> just, just uh, like I was like, Cass isn't gonna. Uh, not that Cass can't juggle, but Cass isn't gonna do the consistent thing you have to do to get there. You know, I, I think sometimes this you get is my decade of discipline. Yeah, maybe. But you fucking did it, and you far exceeded the ten minutes per day. No, I, I pretty much for the first like week or two it was ten, fifteen minutes a day. Yeah. Because you know you can't. You're like, f- it's frustrating because you suck. Yeah, and then and then um. A couple days before we went to Colorado, you took a half a tab of acid and just did it all day for yeah, 12, like 12 hours, hours of 12 juggling. hours on acid. And I like learned just, how to juggle walking forwards, juggle walking back. I just I watched you completely up level and have breakthroughs. And I was uh, I've, I'm completely enamored. I feel like I'm dealing with a different person because you have taken up juggling. Well, it's show some skills, baby. It's fun because now I'm getting everyone in my life to juggle. I know. Like my dad's gonna have to actually juggle. My friend Natalie's yeah. learning how to juggle. She's already. She's good. already really good. Yeah. And then you find out like a couple friends were over, and then it's like, oh, I haven't juggled since I was a kid. And then they pick it up and they can juggle, and it's yeah. like, and our my friend Carolyn did it, and she juggled. And Car- Laura later was like, Carolyn didn't even tell me she knew how to juggle. I didn't even know this. Wow. But I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, let me see if I can do it without dropping it to start. Okay, I want to do, and then I did learned an overhand trick. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Don't you just start I off? I do get really nervous. You're you're so good. And then it's overhand crazy. with this hand. No, because overhand with the left hand is a little harder for me. That's the last trick that I was like. It's not like a trick, but I don't know. But I'm trying to get everyone to get into it. I'm trying to get you to do it. Yeah, I'm. Go- I'm going to. We're we're gonna go to Maine. We've also been practicing just the one because there's like way to trace. You trace it with this hand, and you like. I don't know. Well, point being, like, what does this do for you? Because some people are listening; they're not sitting here watching 
your beautiful good juggling skills. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, if I've always had this thing where I'm like, oh man, I can never, I never have gotten good at anything. And I'm not saying I'm like really good at juggling, but I like stop when, like, this is how I was juggling for 20 years. I was like, whoa, I can kind of do it. it. I did it, (laughs) you know, but like never let it get past that point. And I think just proving that to myself was really beneficial for me because it was like, oh yeah, the first 10 days I was like, okay you know and everything's mm. like Ugh. oh it's chaotic if if i tried to do this you'd see it. it's like the the plane that the balls are, are all over the place you know yeah but then once you like break through you're like well i've always wanted to do something where i'm like in flow and that can just like pass time and it really helped me be present like for hours of it you know not, not present but like not elsewhere you know you're yeah. just like it's not like you can't think or talk while you do it but like you can just like focus on your breathing and just like flow and not just, I don't know. I think anything that like, not that thinking's the enemy, but anything that can make you just be present in a moment. Cause like the power of now it's like, this is where it's at. Yeah. It's not in the future. It's not in the past. I was mm. reading a Ramin uh, quote through like one of his uh, comic images. And he's like, he's like now wins. Um, the future doesn't exist yet and uh the past only sent a picture you know something like that mm. so that's pretty good it is good he's so good um anyway i'll do this forever but i'm not going to mm. but i can like switch heights like i got you got to practice other things yeah yeah and then like switch widths and apparent, apparently apparently uh, balls are really hard to juggle compared to some of the other things that you could have started off with i guess yeah, yeah. i don't know but it's, it's, I mean, look, I've seen you, not to overstate it, but I've seen you kind of become a different person. You think so? Well, I think just also just think about what you would be doing instead of doing this. Looking at Instagram? Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really helped me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do something like, because then I, and I have these light up balls now that I can do at Those night, are which are awesome. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't know. I've been talking lately about like, I've been so resistant to resistant to discipline. And now I'm like, okay, now I really want to bring it in. I'm right. Like this is the next decade where I'm like embracing the power of discipline and showing up and that shit isn't supposed to be easy. And that it's like no more fun when you get over a hump of something being hard and like can collect these little skills and little, I mean, for me, it's like a, 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 a trick like a little like oh yeah i can juggle like i just want to be able to show my friends like i can juggle you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and it's and it's not necessarily about becoming like the most talented juggler ever yeah. but it's about you know improving on your skills and you know I, I was just telling you the other day about this uh this little study that they did with these kids and they gave them aptitude tests and so they gave them an aptitude, an aptitude test, and half the kids after the test, they just praised them for their performance on the test and how good they did and how talented they are. Right. And the other half, they praised them for their effort alone. Right. Then they gave them the te- a, a different test. The people that were praised for their effort alone, the kids that were praised for their effort alone, scored much higher than the people that were praised for their talents and their aptitude and all that stuff. I mean, it makes sense because then you show up to a test and you're like, okay, what do I have to do? I have to give it my all rather than being like, well, I'm awesome. I'm going to do great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
you kind of are showing up with like, okay, this is, this is effort. This is energy. I just need to. Well, it just, it, it could show you something about the, the inner conversation that you're having with yourself and how to kind yeah. of just do a slight little shift in that and just watch it play out over time. And, um, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's like a, there's like, uh, what they were talking about yesterday. I did, a, I watched like a clip of him on Joe Rogan, Ryan Holiday and Joe Rogan. And he was talking, they were talking about how comparison is the thief of joy, you know? And there's like this balance of like seeing what other people can do, appreciating it and being motivated by it, but not like letting it steal. Yeah. And I think that's what social media does is it's like, you're comparing yourself to people all the time and you're looking through Whether stuff you and you're consuming stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's not really fun to take a break because you have all these like dopamine withdrawals. That's all it is though. Oh my God. I forgot about how I was turning my camera to black, my phone to black and white. That actually helped a lot. I know. I should go back to doing that. Yeah. There's a setting where you can make your phone just like grayscale, grayscale through like accessibility or something. And you real, I'm, I love color as I'm sure most people do. And you realize how stimulated you are from color and how much dopamine and how much like, God, the amount of images we watch in a day, mm. in a minute, in the 30 seconds compared to probably any other time in human history. Yeah. I mean, we're just like, look, the goal on any given day is to just tap into that sunny bunny feeling that uh, that we know quite well since we've met each other. And when it's not like that, we want to take the necessary steps to get it back there. Yeah, and I think for us, we're like, all right, how do we become more like have childhood wonder? And I think yeah. that, <laughs> and I think that's all we want for our friends and anyone. We're like, okay, let's. Where is the childhood wonder? Where is like you appreciating stuff, looking at, have enjoying a moment like it was the sacred moment that it is, you mm. know, and and squeezing all of the like joy and excitement and appreciation out of it that's possible yeah so that you can not only be in it but be celebrating it yeah yeah exactly and so and sometimes it's tough you just gotta take a look at your life and say what's preventing me from going there oh and sometimes the darkness is like the most valuable thing because then you can appreciate when you aren't there anymore like 10 times more so it's not even about like yeah. pushing away the darkness of like no i just need to be happy all the time it's like oh like here I am. You know what I've noticed? It's not easy right now. <laughs> you know what I've noticed robbing a lot of people of that sunny bunny feeling is um, like just the need to feel part of like woke culture and kind of just always in that, 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 you know, frame of mind that, you know, there's oppressed people and then there's people doing the oppressing and I need to f point that out and show the atrocities and all this stuff. And I, I feel like it, uh, you know, it, it's just it's it's a mindset that I don't know who it's who it's helping, but I don't know. I've just seen it rob people a little bit of their spirit in, you know, for it's it's their attempt to try to feel part of something and part of part of like modern culture and the future and all this stuff. But it's robbing them of the moment and the true joy that goes on. And like I, f I feel that, you know, the people that give me the sunny bunny feeling are the people that aren't doing that stuff in there. They're less judgmental. They're letting you be yourself. Like we just watched American Juggalo. So of course I'm in that frame of mind of like, they got it right. They're on to something and it might not, the optics of it might be fucked up, but, um, their lived experience is probably a little bit more fun than someone that's looking to point out 
people's flaws and their little fuck ups. Well, it's one thing to want is. to get better. It's another thing to assert that you are better and to have the mm. delusion that you are better mm. because that's kind of what it is. And then it kind of sets you up for failure because then you put yourself worth on like, okay, well, I'm better. I have it figured out and I'm, you know, or, but then yeah. when you're not doing great, you're like, everything crashes and burns because you're like, what i had based my identity on how good i am at this thing you yeah. know rather than realizing like it's a thing that you have to work at all the time and like yeah. there'll be highs and there'll be lows and yeah it doesn't doesn't make you better at your thing pointing out how someone's bad at figuring out the nuances of politics or yeah, whatever yeah. it is exactly like who's that who's that serving I know that who it's it, it's not serving anybody that has to fucking bear witness to it. I know that. It's a vibe killer. Well, I think it's it's there's like a beautiful thing about us all being part of the conversation, but it also is it's tough because there are some voices who are, you know, I, I don't know if I just want to say more educated, but like yeah. works more educated. They've educated themselves in this realm. Yeah. And so when they have an opinion, it holds a little more weight because they have a larger form of historical reference. Yeah. They have more data points. <laughs> they have more data points, and then, but we all just like get part of the conversation and say what say what we say and gotta gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. that sunny bunny feeling's pretty great when you ha- when you have it, you appreciate it. Yeah. Well, yes. Exactly. Like I've I've felt myself uh, ending a lot of moments and days with like prayers of gratitude lately, and I'm like, whoa, where was this for a minute? And it's like, I was judging myself. I wasn't in the grateful mindset. And uh, I don't know. I just, I I feel like that's a really good spell to cast on our life is to end the day being like, wow, another, another day in paradise. (laughs) You know, we're healthy. We're here. We got to interact with our families. We got to talk to our friends. We got to try to come up with business ideas. Like, wow, we're, we're being really human. We're down here. We're mining for joy. And we're, we're down here and we're doing it. And um, that helps me, it, ending the day like that helps me start the next day in that mindset, I to- think. Totally. I think my biggest thief of it lately has been like wanting something, wanting something to be different, wanting someone to be different, wanting a relationship to be different, want, like thinking like, and being in the future, like, okay, how do I make something different or um And I just, we took edibles on the plane on the way out to Colorado and the uh, uh, truth waits for un- eyes unclouded by longing came to me, but it came to me as God waits for un- eyes unclouded by longing. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But truth waits for eyes unclouded by longing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but then, I, but in my head, it was God waits for eyes unclouded by longing, and I was just like in the airport looking around, being like, okay, l- let me just let go of the longing that I'm feeling right now. And I just like all of a sudden was like damn i'm seeing god in everyone like it's it was just like all of a sudden it was like like in a way that i was like oh am i on acid right now i mean i was on edibles so that was probably yeah. a big contributor but it just all of a sudden you're just like whoa life is here yeah. people are here it's raw whoa and it just was like beautiful and set felt sacred and synchronistic and just like you know when you're just more there and you can see like a deeper quality to things yeah Well, I I feel like the airport is one of the best places to practice that because it's a fucking, for me at least, it's a, it's a minefield of triggers 
yeah, like there's you get too many people sensitive. here. We're we're doing unnecessary steps to get to our final destination. There's authoritarian energy everywhere. <laughs> you know, we're being fucking herded like cattle. A and lot of consumerism. Yeah, yeah. But these the last couple of flights we took, um, no headphones. You know, whatever. I'm, it's just me. I'm a little high, and I'm like, cool. We're standing in this line for over an hour on the way out there and on the way back. The security line was over an hour. And just overhearing people's conversations and like, oh, wow, that group of people's hungover. They're not. They're jacked up on so-and-so. They're excited that they're about to go visit New York City. They're coming back from this place. And just like tapping into exactly what you're saying. I was doing the same thing, even though we didn't talk about this. Just like looking around, undistracted by phones and newspapers and, you know, personal inner narratives. And just really like looking at a person and be like, where did you come from? where did you go yeah and where did i come from where did i go you know like and it's like all just here and you don't really have to think of so much about it you can just like bear witness to it yeah like we think we think we have to keep thinking about things no rather than just like be here yeah (laughs) kind of feels like you could just like you know but like in a way that isn't sad just kind of like ground just shifting gears yeah where oh the thinking oh that's what I'm doing thinking it's it's a great opportunity we, when you stand in yeah exactly to to just start tagging those feelings and tracking them and seeing how you feel and seeing where your mind wanders and seeing like uh, your anxiety get triggered like I don't want to be standing in this anymore or like I'm I'm stuck in a line not I am the line I'm you know I'm very much part of this this is a this is an if this is an issue I'm a big part of it I'm standing here too. I fucking selfishly need to get across the country too. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's so funny watching like watching somebody freak out. Uh, that's the that's the best is you see someone freak out and you're like I'm not going there and it actually triggers your chill. You mm-hmm. know? But then also seeing people that are like just easy breezy like whatever. Cool, I'm here and that's what I was trying to embody. It's good practice because if you could for me at least if I could do it in that situation I could apply it to most. You know, so here we are. Well, and in the calmer you stay the the calmer you stay, the more clarity you can have of like how you react. Because when you get like your emotions are heightened and triggered, and you know it's like you gotta. Like, it's been hard for me, like being a producer, and like stuff gets yeah. thrown at you, and I'm just like, Ugh. and I've always seen producers who like can maintain the chill throughout, and I'm like, okay, that comes like with wisdom it and is experience, possible. but it is possible. Yeah. Once yeah. you've seen enough shit, you're like, okay. Mm. Not it's n- nothing's gonna help me getting like Bleh. yeah like we need to do <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah I've been, I've been really focused on it for myself lately is um, just trying to be more present and, and breathing and being less reactionary and feeling when the when the reactionary part of me triggers like we talked about on gremlin mode when gremlin mode is is coming on and um, just trying something different and I think it's worked out because like. I've been keeping track. I'm not sure if you are. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I'm like I've been track. better. Yeah. I will. I feel like I've been more calm and yeah. I feel like I know what my, my triggers are from a mile away and I can start almost changing it before it even comes to the point where I would react. It's I've, I've already changed the trajectory of who I was going to be. I, yeah. And I think that because we had like relationship conversations, yeah. like when I react to you in a certain way and I'm trying to react differently that we kind of just like are both like, oh, there's like potential for gremlin energy here. Yeah. We're both like, we don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? And so we can be like almost more direct with each other mm-hmm. in a way that I think's become helpful. Yeah. 
And, and I notice when I'm being a better version of myself, you're a way better version of yourself. It's crazy. Like in, in how we relate or like what we're doing or what do you mean? I don't know. Like, like if, if, you know, we talked about this on the gremlin mode podcast, but like you, you, you kind of thrown an ultimatum at me and some, you know, prime directives as to where we could get, gave me something to work for. And I'm seeing when I work for it, the things that used to trigger me about you aren't happening as much, you know, mm. uh, we, we've talked well, cause about I'm it. trying to be better too. You're I'm, helping me a lot. And I, cause, cause I recognize cause, when I do better, you do better too. Yeah, cause yeah. it's like, we're just mirrors of each other. Yeah. So like when you're fucking frying, I do take a lot of responsibility for it. And yeah. if I'm fucking screaming and throwing shit, like you might as well take some responsibility for that because we're like, we have a pattern and we push each other towards this pattern and either one of us taking like a break or like a little distance from how we normally respond gives an opportunity to transmute that energy. And it, and I don't know, I think a long time ago I realized somewhere this energy needs to be transmuted. It just might as well be me because I'm the only one I have control over. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, Oh, I can, like you're going to receive energy from a lot of people and what we do is we usually just push it back out mm. but if we can all become receivers who transmute that energy and transform that energy then you can that's where the cycle breaks yeah where you don't just like well you were stressed and you stressed me out and now I'm stressed and everyone's seen me stressed and blah 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 and it's like okay we have like almost as a responsibility as humans to realize like there's a lot of energy being thrown around Mm -hmm. you can either become a bounce board or you can become like a tuning fork well when i'm less reactionary i'm more observant and when i'm more observant i'm more compassionate yeah and when i'm compassionate i'm the best person the best version of me so you know the the reactionary version of me you know in our household you know here's my mom raise your voice and I go up there and I raise my voice and then you know we go back to our living quarters and I'm mad at you and it's just like I just heard somebody raise their voice and it upset me and I just became that and now I'm taking it out on you I'm basically treating you the way she treats my dad which is what upset me to begin with Mm -hmm. what the fuck are we doing so the, the new version of me or the thing I'm trying to usher in is like my mom's yelling god damn she's had a fucking tough life you know my dad's a handful. She has an epileptic daughter. She works full time. She lost another daughter. And it's it's just been tough. And um, there hasn't been a lot of space for joy. And uh, she just wants to control something. And when I can... Or to have not things be harder. Yeah. Things have already been so hard. So yeah. when things are harder, she gets very frustrated. And And me too. Yeah. Me too. Because Anyone. Yes, exactly. But when I can recognize it in my mom and I can change the story from what the fuck is wrong with her? Why is she yelling? And just more, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I yell? Why am I responding like this? Why, why can't I get it together? Be less judgmental. And when I, when I am like that, I find myself, and I hadn't even thought about this on the intellectual plane of like, it does transmute the energy. Like it would drive us crazy that all my parents want to talk about is like politics and try to get, get us going about that. And I'm just like, do you guys just want us to make, to feel as anxious as you? But instead of arguing with them now, I'm just like, cool, we're going to watch the Mets game. And they're like, we'll watch the Mets game. 
And I feel like God, God bless. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen when the season's over. We're going to have to find something else. But we'll have like, to get into football. It's re- yeah, but that's only once a week. It's replaced their nightly news consumption because it comes on at seven. Yeah. And instead of watching MSNBC fucking talking heads trying to get you scared about fucking some insurrection or Ukraine or whatever, you know, you're watching you're watching the Mets and then we talk epically about it fail. And then we talk about, oh, my God, they lost 21 to three. Yeah, like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it's like, I don't know. Uh, I used to think that that shit was lame and not important. Now I'm like, I don't know. I see the space it holds for people. <laughs> The opiate of the masses when you need to medicate maybe ain't so bad. You know, as long as you're not maybe betting on every game or whatever. Well, yeah, no one in our house is doing anything other than just like watching it. And I think it helps that the Mets are having a, tr- a horrendous season, like horrendous. Because yeah. it's just like, oh, all right. You know, and it kind of just shows you like, you know, they planned to be a World Series winning team this year. And they spent <laughs> the money to do so. And it's not working out for them. But here we are. We're still here. We're supporting them. They're all fine. We're all fine. Well, now I'm watching because I'm so invested in, in the players that are left who, yeah. you know, how are they doing? And then also seeing like, man, these young rookie players, like we might, be, they might be the all-star of this team. Like, let me see. Like last night, Vientos got a first home run for the Mets. And yeah. I was like, damn, like this could. We just this- saw his first home run as a Met. Maybe he might hit 500. Yeah. You know, baseball's very romantic sport for me. And it's in my family's blood, you know. My my mom grew up with baseball, and her her father was uh, he started the little league here. He built the the field is named after him, the William P. Saronin Little League. You know, he it's all named after him because he had nine kids and he put them all in little league and they all did their things. My mom grew up surrounded by baseball, and my her mom, my grandma would watch the Mets game every night, and I listened to and watched every Mets game as a young boy and. I rejected it for so long, just thinking like, oh, that's not me. I'm an artist and this and that. And now I'm like, this is such a good thing for me. I don't know. It's just such a wholesome good time. It is a wholesome <laughs> good time. It's you know? perfect. Um, but I, I do think that that's it, it comes from, that's my way of transmuting the energy. That's my way of sitting, sitting, sitting there complaining about it and reacting to it, doing something tangible that can actually change the vibe in the house. Yeah, I think, and I think it's been great. And I think another thing I've noticed about you is like, you got really worked up the other day, like the way you would, you know, a lot of tension. Can you remind me what it was about? I don't know. There's a lot of tension upstairs. You came down, you might remember by you just doing this. There's a lot of tension downstairs. You came downstairs and you were just sitting like this, like on the beanbag or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, and I think normally what would happen is you'd kind of take it out on me, Yeah. you know, move the energy. And I think because of maybe the recent conversations we'd been having and the reflection and you wanting to be a good boy or whatever, you're like, I, I got to fucking swallow this shit myself. It, and took, it took an hour. Yeah. And I, you kind of just sat there like this for like an hour. Like, what is going on? Like this, like just feeling yeah. like a lot of energy in your body digesting it yeah slowly digest- it was like caught in my windpipe i'm like oh god this is going down slow yeah and it wasn't even like you did i just saw you kind of like acknowledge the energy and just take ownership over it you yeah. were just like this is my shit to work through yeah. i'm tempted to control my normal pattern would be to control something or express some frustration with Cass so that i yeah. could have feel a sense of control or whatever it is and you just you just you just kind of said to me like I'm having a hard time processing this and I kind of just left you to process it or yeah. whatever. And then like we were cool like an hour later. It was so hard. <laughs> it, it was so hard. But the crazy thing is I can't even remember. 
anything about it. I remember that. I have a very photographic memory, and I can remember. I could almost conjure those feelings, but I don't even know what it was in regards to. It's always something so, stupid. But but could it be worth it? No. Could it could it have been worth it? None of it is. Well, that, I think that's the, the question. The, look, the feelings are going to be the feelings. Like, the stress chemicals were released in my body, and it was done in a very callous, unmindful way. And I felt it, I felt the victim of, of, I I felt like I got pulled into someone else's vibe and I was the victim of it. And I sat there sulking and I, you know, and feeling bad for myself. And ultimately it's like, this doesn't feel good. I want that sunny bunny feeling. How do you get that? (laughs) And it's by letting it go and not, uh, create, not, not continuing the fucking karmic ripple effect of it. And just like the buck stops here. Well, you bared witness to it. Like you just allowed yourself to be in it, which I think was like very valuable. You weren't like, all right, let's just fucking get the fuck out of here. No, you're just like, I'm zapped. My soul has been zapped and I'm just gonna fucking sit here and look at it until it's has a little more energy. But I think it is that question, like, is this anger worth stealing my day? Like, whatever it is, when you got cut off in traffic and you're just like, Ugh! yeah. And then you just like look at your anger and you're like, all right, it is here. I will look at it. But it also like, I don't need to honor it. Like, I don't need to honor it with the story of like, this person's an asshole or, you know, I'm an idiot or whatever it is. Because that's what we do. We want to tell these like very vivid stories. Well, yeah, our ego needs to. It's a survival mechanism for our ego. Mm-hmm. Totally, that's the way I think of it. Is uh, you know, and and I think like uh, you know, our recent breakup kind of showed me who I, how much growth I've I've done. Because now it's been like over three months, no contact, nothing like that. Like this person, they might as well have died. They just zap gone out of our life. You know, like that's how it feels, and um, you know. I'm I'm able I'm I've been processing it and I've given my sp- myself the space to do it and I haven't um taken Molly or like any kind of accelerants in that way I'm just really kind of raw dogging it through with just dabs and nicotine <laughs> 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 but um it, uh, it I don't know it, it's one of those things I'm proud of my effort yeah like what I'm saying about these kids I'm commending myself for the effort and the discipline of in the wake of this, still showing up and trying at least to have good days, even though there's some part of me that has a sense that I'm a wreck emotionally, but it's, it hasn't come to fruition. So I'm like, maybe I'm not, (laughs) but I'm just so patterned to, to know what the, what the immediate aftermath of a breakup does to me. Yeah. The fact that it's not happening, um, you know, I wasn't giving myself credit really till now. And now I'm like, I think I'm doing good. You're doing great. Yeah. yeah and I, I think it's actually made me a better person. I think um, it's a return to form in a way. I think like you're getting the old me plus the new version of me. And it's good for our relationship. And it's good to, to circle the wagons and tighten things up every now and then. And it's happened in a lot of ways in our life. Yeah, we're... I always admire like people who like sit down and are like, we have a relationship conversation once a week or whatever, but like we're in a nonstop relationship conversation. So for us, it like feels oppressive to structure it or plan it or have a date for it. It happens naturally. But for us, it happens naturally. And I just, I really do appreciate 
that we take that space to check in about a million things. Do we want to have kids? Are we cool with our trajectory of work? Are, how good do we feel about these ideas? What what do we need to focus on? What energy do we need to move forward? Do we even want to do this How anymore? are we doing with this breakup? What yeah. kind of, do we want to call this energy in? Hey, do we want to make sure not to not call this energy in? Because when we say we don't want to do it, then the situation ends up presenting no. itself in a way that's like, hey, but I'm perfect in this way. Uh-huh. I'll, it'll be better this time, you uh-huh. know? So I think we're just like very moving forward, like well, very light-footedly, you know? Yeah. And We're treading lightly. I mean, ever since 2020, I was like, I'm having a really hard time seeing a vision for the future. And I'm starting yeah. to see a f- f- vision for the future in a way, like the films we want to do like i'm starting to have some clarity all that stuff is really easy to like hold on all to. that the, the the films we want to do i watch them in my head mm-hmm. it's almost like they already exist that stuff i'm i it's pimp tight i got that the vision is right then it's right there and like when we look at a calendar i can really be like okay yeah this is i think what we should do here and we're we're very good about that stuff but in terms of like us living somewhere other than where we're living, I cannot wrap my head around it. I can't either. To the point where I'm like, I've surrendered to, this is exactly where we need to be right now. Mm -hmm. Because this used to happen in our old apartment. You know, the lease would be up, they're raising the rent, and it's like, we should get out of here. And we'd be like, can't see it. What could be better than this? (laughs) And we couldn't see it. Yeah. Until we could. And then we saw ourselves um, more in service. And helping my parents out and offering them some respite. And uh, I think maybe we take that for granted because we're so shrouded in it right now. But uh, it must be fulfilling in the sense of I don't sit there and fantasize and picture us in a different living situation right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't either. I get good sleep there. I'm there for my sister. We're able to help. I'm there for my dad. We're able to get his health back online. Like, what the fuck would they be doing without us? Well, I think, and I think this is like, we're kind of, time in the universe is like a little bit more about adaptability because there's so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so I think the wisest position we can be in is kind of... Loose. Loose. <laughs> Just tumbleweeding through life. Like, I think that that's the, that's the way to do it. For yeah. us, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not everyone has the wherewithal to do that, but or I would, the yeah, or the situ- circumstances or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would contend that we that we have no other choice, and and just this is what we were put here to do, and uh, it's it's to be in service and to help my family who very much needs help, and to try to help others see the world in a little bit more of a compassionate way, and if not, just spend some time with us and have some fun. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling very optimistic about just like reminding how important it is. Like after we talked about this on, I guess it was a Patreon episode, but that we had a great time in um, Colorado and like had a bunch of friends that we met up with, and people then those friends became friends with each other, and and like this is the biggest gift of our life. Yeah, it's to bear witness to the mycelial effect we have when we go somewhere and post up and just say we're available. Yeah, because then people come together who are like-minded and then they hit it off. Like, I can't tell you how many relationships we're partly responsible for. Like, really, really good relationships. Um, Babies, you know. 
friendships friendships and i'm like i can't think of anything i'd rather be responsible for because i think that's like the antidote to the existential dread of life which is just like being more connected to people mm-hmm. and loving people and sharing space and yeah. passion and all this stuff so i want to do a lot more of that yeah and figure out how we can facilitate more of that and i think the, the, i mean the best way i think that we can facilitate it is just by being ourselves we like hosting we like having a lot of people around um and i think that the reason that they so quickly take to each other and become friends is because this is all we offer it's not like we're (laughs) this we offer way less than this when we're socializing it's not like either one of us ever are sitting there holding court and like everybody's gathered around listening it's like we're just regular people so they realize that and then they're like oh let's make friends with each other you know well it's also like i think that's what the ethos of like the church of chill is is like just this space of like like you are it and it's in us and we're just kind of like a rather than psychedelic aspirations it's just like psychedelic being of just you know all right let's be present and if we're going to be present are we going to do it from like a calm chill state yeah <laughs> that's what we hold space in you know we're so attuned to the church of chill that lies within mm-hmm. that we just hold space in that that if someone comes around and they're not tuned into that frequency like we just hold space into it until they get there and it happens instantly usually but well, i think that's what's fun about like this push and pull you have with your parents but yeah. and that's why you're so i think proud or i don't i don't i don't know what it is the you're very satisfied to see the ripple effect that us bringing a reminder of the passion that this family can have for baseball and the Mets and stuff and seeing how that reverberation is like transformative, you know, and that we're going instead of like the tightness, we're like, all right, let's, let's chill and talk about like sports and games and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, taking i mean like the news just vibrates at such a high frequency like and baseball just vibrates at a totally just unique thing it's it's a team sport but it's also very individual and it's very slow and it's methodical and it's the same thing over and over and over again day after day it's like watching a long like six month chess match and um yeah i think it can change your frequency a little bit and that's that's what this household needed because I couldn't figure out, like, why did we just start watching these guys? Like, I haven't paid attention to the Mets since 2015. Why did we just start watching these guys again? And I think it's just because what the household needed. And whether I well, knew that or not. Well, what we need, because we don't tell them we have a ton of friends that want to hang out every night. And I think in the city it was different. <coughs> it's like we always had something kind of going on. And now it's like, all right, yeah. we got we to gotta make heaven on earth, even if we're a little more isolated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's what the bo- where the boys come in. Yeah, that's where our boys come in. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we hate them sometimes. I do. I love them all. And I, I, I love watching them through their struggles. And that's the beautiful thing about baseball is even your favorite team firing on all cylinders is everyone's going to be failing 70% of the time. That'd be good. That'd be good. It's so hard to do that you're failing 70% of the time, and that's considered success. I really need that. I hope Jeff McNeil is having – I just hope Jeff McNeil is having a good time. <clears throat> yeah. He's my favorite because he – if he does – He's hard on himself. He's so hard on himself. And I don't I don't necessarily, like, like that in a baseball player. It's not like – but it's just so entertaining to see someone, like, strike out and be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, so animated. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. 
man, Cass, we had the best day the other day. Like uh, we, we st- uh, and this was the prayer for our summer. If you go back and we, we made a, we made a, an episode called uh, recipe for a great summer and everything like we talked about, like, here's how you do it. And everything that we talked about, we were telling ourselves we've done it and we stuck to it. And like, as much as like last week in Colorado was like the peak of our summer and we planned it for peak the of my life, peak of my life. Like it's the, the good vibes have really continued. And I think there's a way to take that, that summer feeling. It's going to haunt you every day. Yeah. There's a way to, 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 to make your life that. And I, I think for us, it's getting people together. Like you just told your girlfriends to come over the other day for like a random pool day. And, uh, you know, they came over. It's just like we, we took a little micro and we got the pool going. It was just perfect weather outside. And slowly but surely, all the girls started showing up. And we're all juggling together and laughing and sweating and swimming and just like just vibing out, meeting people's new partners. And it was so fun. And we're, we're just like we're just flowing and just having the best day ever. And all of a sudden, your friend that lives in fucking California comes pulling up the driveway as a surprise. I know. Her and her boyfriend roll in. And they're like, surprise, we're here. Surprise, we're pregnant. When we were just like, what the fuck? It was just like, just waves of, of dopeness one after the other. And it was just like, I, I told them. Like, as it was happening, I could feel it. They They pulled up the driveway. They came in. And they were like, boom, we're here. We're pregnant. And I was just like, a core memory of my life is being formed right now. <laughs> you know? That's how it, that felt like. I, I could feel it. It's it's weird. I'm normally, uh, maybe it's just the new me or whatever, or my practices <laughs> or whatever. But I was very cognizant of like, man, I'm never for- going to forget this moment. This is so memorable. This is so, and so out of character for this couple to be the like, boom, here we are. Boom, here's another thing. You know what I mean? They're much more low key than that. And I was like, y'all just gave me a core memory. And like I told them, I expressed, I was like, that was very special. I'll never forget how we learned about this child that will be a part of our life forever. What impressed me is that you tapped in and guessed the gender. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive. You're like, it's, it's why I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could even, I, I, I was so tapped into them and their energy that I was like, I even know what they're going to, they don't even know what they're going to name it. I know what they're going to name it. I, you know. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell me off this podcast. Oh, yeah. Falco. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a cool name for a I kid. I know. You love that name. You've always Falco? said Falco. Yeah. I'll settle for a cat, kitten. <laughs> You'd name a kitten that? Falco? No, what's the name of our cat? Freak, Z- freak child? No, Zazul. Oh, Zazul. Yeah. If you want to steal any of these names for your cats or dogs, you're welcome. Zazul is a good name. Or for your it. kid. Yeah. <laughs> Don't name your kid Zazul, because <laughs> that's uh, that's Satan's little helper from South Park. I just think that's the funniest name and one of the funniest <laughs> characters. I want to I want to catch us so we can name it Zazul and be like, God damn it, Zazul. And we're gonna get two dogs, and one's gonna be named Buckchild, and the other one's gonna be named Freak Wild. <laughs> Oh, that was Flip Wild. <laughs> flip Child, Buck Wild, buck Freak Child. Buck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this friend was the friend who I was like, oh, shite, I have to think about this kid thing again. Yeah. No, it was good. It, it made me think of that, too. And it's good to check in with that. And, and like I said, we're like right now very staunchly like, yeah, we're not having a kid. We're comfortable. With, uh, who knows what life has to throw at us? Who fucking knows who's going to come and go? So... I think it's good for us to, at least at the age you're at now, maybe every uh, six months or so, just check in in a real way. 
it's like we both look at each other like you're not gonna be really mad if we don't have a kid right like you're like i don't give a fuck is it you that wants to have it and i'm like i don't think so but i don't want to steal this experience from you i don't want to steal the experience from you yeah but that would be the worst reason uh, to have a kid yeah yeah because you need a certain experience yeah i really commend people that that uh that do that and choose to do that together it's got to be the romantic the most romantic thing ever I mean, to talk cream about pie a, your wife and no, hey, like, no. I don't care. Like, we're going to have this kid. We're going to make a baby together and yeah. then raise it forever. Yeah. And it's going to be part of us in this very deep way. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's extremely commendable. Totally but, get why people would want to do that. Yeah. But it's it's good to, after a hang like that and just a very high day, like we had a crazy, oh my God, that day just kept getting crazier. Like, I, I went out to get some food, and our friend Wes rolls into town. Like, we, he had told us weeks ago, like, I'm going to hang out with you guys that night. But we see, like, he was in Norway that morning. We're like, he's flaking on us. And then he showed up. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I had to kick it into another gear, and I, I took I took myself uh, over the line. I ended that night in a coma. Yeah, you killed yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, but I do have a recommendation, because Wes and I watched Kangaroo Valley. Kangaroo Valley on Netflix. Yeah, I don't have a good Australian accent. And first I put on Surf's Up by the Beach Boys album on vinyl. If you don't have vinyl, it's okay. You can just put on Spotify or whatever. Great album. One of the best Beach Boys of records. And then, and it went perfectly with Kangaroo Valley. Mm. You stumbled on like so the Wizard of Oz with a, Pink Floyd type of thing. Yeah, if you want to impress a girl or a boy or whatever, I highly recommend this. And then... These um, are these is this is, is Cass's moves. This is her, yeah. some of her seduction tools. It is my seduction She's given tools. this out for free. It is f- some free tips here. And then you throw in a nature show and it's a sick record. And you watch yeah, the make person, the lights nice. Yeah, and you watch the person be like, "What the fuck uh, did you know about this?" Yeah, because it when it when it sinks, sinks up, <laughs> you guys both are just like sharing in this, like what? And then the, it was very late, so I was like, all right, I'm going to wind it down, but I think this will still be a good vibe. And then I put J.J. Kale. What's the name of that record? Troubadour. Troubadour. That's a really good Oof. late night one. Oh, yeah. But it also goes really well with Kangaroo Valley. So <laughs> just food I mean, for thought out there. What wouldn't go good with Kangaroo Valley? You probably could have put on Butthole Surfers and left your ass off. I'm sure. But there was something about like, I don't know, because they like ho- the kangaroos hop around a lot. So it just like really went well with like. Oh, they're like a type of jj cow yeah totally yeah that tulsa sound mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like well like our friend wes rolled in and like i had already been f- we, we were on acid all day and i was just trying to keep the energy alive and i was beat because i had done two full sauna sessions and then wes rolls up and i'm like oh, i'm dying and i was like maybe i'll do a couple little bumps of ketamine to like stay in the flow and like have a funny time and I did a like the smallest amount I'm talking like a few grains of ketamine and it just like the whole day caught up with me and I broke out in a cold sweat like mid conversation and I was just like all right bye and I just like collapsed into bed and like was in it was so weird I was in this like liminal state for an hour and a half mm-hmm. where it's like it, it, the ketamine's not affecting me something is it's probably dehydration the acid the ketamine all the nicotine just the, the dabs like everything just like whoosh, at once to where I was just like a dead body, but just fully conscious to the point where I felt like I was in the room with you guys, even though I wasn't. Yeah. And I felt like I well, was participating. Because it increases your hearing, I think. It's, yeah. yeah, I think it does. And, like, I felt like I was part of the conversation and, and, and like, it was so weird. I was just like a point of awareness, but I was just like stuck in this liminal space where like my body couldn't do anything or I couldn't communicate. And, uh, 
yeah, it was not fun. I, I really came out of that being like, fuck ketamine, man. It's such a dirty drug. But I don't even think, I don't know. I just didn't like the way it made me feel. And I didn't like that I sacrificed a couple hours with my dear friend Wes to be in a coma. <laughs> but it's obviously what my body, like when, when your body does that, you just got to listen to it. So I, I just laid down and let it happen. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since I've had that. That's the opposite of that Sunny Bunny feeling. <laughs> yeah you're always like Cass I don't want to be the only one socializing tonight and then you end up in the back dead. yep yep it's like <laughs> anytime and this is why we're we're careful because we understand karma so well now because I'll, I'll say something like that I'll like I remember that night I was giving you a speech I was like look Wes just showed up we have a few more hours to socialize don't just go in the room and sit on your phone like don't just disappear I wouldn't have no I know but, but I was just like hey stick with it you know what I mean we've had the one of the most memorable days of our life filled with core memories, great friends, great food, great drugs, a couple more hours and, and we're home free and I'm giving you like a pep talk and then I'm the one that's just like, bye, I can't do it. And you totally just nailed it and you, you took care of our friend. No, we had a great time. I love Wes. Wes and I yeah. are besties. Yeah. No, I, it's, you really got to give each other grace because... I gave you a lot of grace about that, as of course I would. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, but then the next day, I'm like KO'd from menstrual shit, and you're giving me grace. And yeah. so it's like, you know, we, you got to have each other's backs in this life. If you don't, it's bad. Yeah, because you think, you think someone else is down and you don't support them. It's like, you're next. Yes, baby. that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you're next. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, yeah, at my best, I just put myself in someone else's shoes and I say, okay, here's how I would want to be treated and just treat them accordingly. And we've been really good about that with each other. But if you would have busted my balls for that, uh, it would have made that bad trip so much worse for me. So much worse. And I'm sure if I would have busted your balls yesterday, like, come on, get it together. We got to fucking make some shit happen. It's Monday. It would have made everything so much worse for you. So. Yeah. Like I, you were like, I'll make dinner. And then I, I barely had the energy, but I got up and I was like, I'll just do it right now. Yeah. That was good because it, at least you, you could feel like you did something that day. Yeah. And you had offered and it, yeah. but I just was like, I got it. It would be so much better if I make it. No, no, not necessarily, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. this has been a goddamn pleasure. Mm. I think we've yapped enough. Yeah. yeah, enough yapping and yakking. Yeah, I mean it's raining, so we got nothing else to do today. It's hot and it's raining, so we're just chilling and staying dry. Yeah. So if you want more from us, Patreon.com/slash/ChurchChill. There's so much stuff on there. I really, truly think at this point we could say we have one of the best Patreons on Patreon. Um, for as many podcasts as we uh, we have out, we have one on the Patreon that you haven't heard. So if you're not on there, it's two bucks. Totally. You could give us more, which would be rad. It would really help us. But it's two bucks. Join our community. Join the Discord. Tap into the Boys Club podcast that's only on po on Patreon. Tap into all of our bonus episodes where we get way too personal. Can I read a review of the Patre of on the Discord sure. that was posted last night? I was like, if we had a website that was like reviews. Okay, cool. This is good. This is what someone said about our Discord? Yes, yesterday at 8 okay. p.m. Great. Uh, I'm grateful for this Discord today. I came here in late 2020 and it has always been a consistent source of hope, support, and inspiration for me. So many thanks to the people who keep this place alive. Your vibe has never has reverberations of length and grace unknown to you but felt by so many. Awesome. Which is so cool. That made me so happy because there's so many people who contribute so much, but 
you have the suspicion and you know the truth is like there's a lot of people like me who like goes on Reddit and never writes anything but like really appreciates reading stuff. Yeah. And it's a place for like reminders and music and reflections and yeah. you know, I think there is like an ongoing community of people who are not only just participating but also just like feeding off the reverberation. So I would really appreciate journeys to my heart and um, and what's beautiful about that is is it's not like oh sean and cast this sean and cast that they're talking about other people it's not it's not us it's a it's a community of people and it's it's how we made all these friends like it's how when we go to denver and we're like hey if anyone wants to hang out like 15 people show up it's through the discord so um, if you want to tap into that, we just made channels for like different locations that we hang out at and a I'll, lot. And I'll make more channels too. Yeah, there's like a Minnesota one, there's a Colorado one, there's a New York one, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, places where there's pockets of people and people are finding each other and making friends. And like we said, that is the greatest pleasure of our life. Literally, is just finding out someone we're met di- someone through us we're it's a digital crazy. kava bar so yes <laughs> come hang out <laughs> come hang out that's on patreon.com slash church of chill we really deeply appreciate your support right now and uh either way thanks for joining us and if you don't have the money hit me up and i'll send you a link anyway. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you have friends if you have a patreon or if you're already on our discord and patreon and you have a friend who like Maybe doesn't care about the podcast or anything else, but like needs but the community. But would benefit from that. Yeah, just let like us know. let us know. We can send them send you a link to send. Yeah, to yeah, them. yeah, we'll we'll make it work either way. But if you are this type of person that has uh, disposable income, uh, we don't. So it would be it would be cool if you could help support us. We put a lot of stuff out there for free. Cool. Cool. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. <laughs>